0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, welcome, 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 welcome to the program. It's the 10th of April, 2019. It's a Wednesday, I think. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm sitting here trying, you you know how sometimes, Sometimes I feel so stupid, and by stupid I mean incapable of understanding something that is, well, that I'm reading. You know, something that someone is trying to communicate to me and I'm really trying, I think, to understand it, and my head shuts off. And this often happens to me with things having to do with money or science and this particular thing (laughs) is science and it's the fact that they finally gotten their picture of a black hole and I I must tell you when it comes to astronomy I am always (laughs) sort of in a black hole of my own I I don't think I'm psychologically capable <laughs> of of letting my brain t- try to understand it it's so huge makes me feel so stupid and inconsequential and the fact that I can be you know alive and aware and and yet have not a clue What's going on? I mean in a cosmic sense. I'm not sure I have a clue what's going on any other way either, but, you know, do you guys understand it? So they got their black hole image. First ever, first time we've been able to see one. I'm going to read one paragraph to you, okay? This is the big breaking news right now. Astronomers reached across intergalactic space to a giant galaxy in Virgo known as Messier 87. There, a black hole about 7 billion times more massive than our sun. I mean, right, I got to tell you, right there in the little bit I've read you, there are like three... Um, f- three things I can't get my head around. <laughs> I mean, I under... Yeah, okay. So they reach back into this other galaxy, and they took a picture all that distance away of a black hole seven billion times, seven billion times more powerful than our own sun, more massive. And this black hole is unleashing a violent jet of energy, some 5,000 light years into space. Okay, it's the next paragraph that completely blew me away. Not that I'm already, you know, like, what, what? The image, the picture, offered a final ringing affirmation of an idea so disturbing that even Einstein, from whose equations black holes emerged, was loath to accept it. He didn't want to believe in it, that these things existed. They terrified Einstein. No wonder I'm shaking in my boots. Here it is. (laughs) Definition of a black hole. If too much matter is crammed into one place, the cumulative force of gravity becomes overwhelming, and that place becomes an eternal trap, a black hole. And according to Einstein's theory, that means that matter, space, and time come to an end and vanish like a dream. Okay. Okay. All right. So we now have a picture of a place where space and time and matter don't exist. Okay. I mean, the, the limits of my... Uh, this is where, you know, I think of... Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, I <laughs> I, I'm, it, I'm s- totally uh, am- amazed by people who do comprehend this stuff. My mother's one, she was always eating this kind of thing up. I'm sure she is today. All right, so (coughs) there's that. (coughs) On the cosmic level, on the more mundane level, Bob has uh, reminded us that today is the day the penguins start their pursuit of bringing back the Stanley Cup. I can see where people choose to live in that mundane uh, world, the easily grasped one. Uh, He says, I know you're looking forward to ending your shows on Penguin Stanley Cup playoff game days by saying go Pens. I am? I'm so out of it now. I'm not even sure when there is a game. That's how out of it I am. But I'd be happy to say go Pens I like the pens very, very, very much. And this is about the time I start tuning in, yeah, Uh, because the playoff season is a long enough season for me. Okay, um, I'm just going to be all over the place today. I woke up and uh, turned to my dog (laughs) and said, as I reached for this, I said, okay, now it's time for me to find what horrors happened while we slept. And the first thing I saw was Netanyahu. When I went to bed, I had hope. When I went to bed, it was a draw. And I i have to tell you, I just thought, dear God, please. I mean, I really did. God. So, I mean, the vote shows you that the people of Israel, or at least the voters, are much like the United States, and all and uh, our side keeps losing. Half of Israel is like, Hey, ay, today. How could they do it? He's a crook. He's a wannabe autocrat. He's killing us. He's killing our... So anyway, I can't, I can't believe it. It's so depressing. So I don't want to talk about that. But it's so depressing. My Prime Minister as Donald Trump uh, said the other day. Um, I don't like to think of Trump as my president, and I sure as hell know that Benjamin Netanyahu is not my prime minister. If he were my prime minister, I'd have a vote, right? Okay. Okay. Black Holes, Netanyahu. I fe- uh, what else we got here? Oh, um, uh, do you hear the one? <laughs> I love this story. Police. This is somewhere outside, I think, Portland, Oregon, uh, suburb of. And uh, the police were called to a home. The, uh, it was the, the two men who called the police were looking house-sitting for the home of one of their nephews. And they, um, they heard uh, noises, scary noises, coming from upstairs in the house, a bathroom, they thought. And um, they figured somebody had broken into the house. And somehow had locked themselves in the bathroom. I don't know. (coughs) They called the cops and the police came. And not only did they come, but uh, first of all, a detective who happened to be nearby when the 911 call came in, he rushed to the scene. And within minutes, must have been a slow day in this suburb, within minutes, Three other deputies from the sheriff's department had joined him and two canine officers. They call them officers? Really? Two dogs. Uh, two dogs also. He had two dogs and, what, four police. And they had their guns out, and they, I guess, the door was shut, the door was locked, Um and they loudly announce their presence. They warn that um, whoever was in there, you've been caught, open this door, or we're going to break it down. While they're telling this to the person trapped inside, the noises, sort of like banging noises, continue. And they're thinking, is this guy trying to you know, get out the window? Maybe the window is like, whatever. They couldn't figure it out, but they finally, because there, whoever was in there was ignoring their orders, um, so they did like just what they do in, in t- on TV. They, they broke down the door. Guns drawn. And then to a man, I'm not sure if the dogs did it too, To a man, they collapsed into just convulsive laughter. (laughs) I will tell you uh, what the police report says. This is what the detective wrote. We breached the bathroom door and encountered... A very thorough vacuuming job being done by a roomba robotic robotic vacuum cleaner. So the guys who were watching the house did not know there was a roomba in the house, did not know how how the hell the roomba locked in the locked was in a locked bathroom, I don't know. But there is something hysterically funny about all of this uh Four cops, two dogs, guns drawn, and it's a vacuum cleaner. Uh, the men who'd called 911 were hugely uh, uh, apologetic. Um, the sheriff's department continued thinking it was the greatest uh, story uh, and event that had happened to them in a million years, and they actually put out a most wanted poster with uh featuring a picture of a of a Roomba um on it. So they've been having the cops have been having so much fun with this and they say the guy should not have uh felt embarrassed because they didn't know the vacuum was uh for whatever reason going to do this thing and you know <laughs> um That's it. I I like that story because it's silly. And then this is the kind of story you check the comments on, which I just did. And um, here you have one. Wow, too bad he couldn't make a clean getaway. (laughs) Oh, and a little darker view. How many times did they shoot the Roomba for not following their commands? Yeah. Well, the Roomba, I believe, was white. Uh oh no, here's somebody. I'm surprised you didn't get shot. Most Roombas are black. Are they? I don't know. Uh so whatever. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna leave that. So there was that. And then there's this, which is another bizarre story that makes me cringe. And I'm, that's, I'm warning you. Um, just, do you remember? Well, this is how old I am. Back in the um, 50s, um, when women would tease their hair into these, like, beehives, you know, into these big, you know, look like Marge Simpson. <laughs> and they would, we called it rat. You would rat the hair, speaking of hair, you would rat the hair and then, and then spray it. To, and I remember truly believing, because, you know, there were urban myths then, too, that there had uh, a woman had ended up dying because... Spiders ended up nesting in her beehive (laughs) and had, like, eaten their way into her brain or something like that. And, I mean, I do remember believing that or pretty much believing it and being totally terrified. Every time I saw a woman walking around with one of those lacquered... Big, huge things on her head, I'd think, oh, oh, oh. so this story sort of is like that, so there's a woman, and she's in Taiwan, and she goes to tend to the grave of one of her relatives um while she was tending the grave, she felt sort of like this sharp, something got in her eye as she was bending down. And she um, she thought it was dirt, and she cleaned her eye out with water. And she didn't rub it. She thought, i would just let this, but it, the pain didn't go away. And then later that night, her eye began to swell. And the pain got worse and worse and worse. And so she went to the hospital. At the hospital, <laughs> a doctor looked in her eye and found three sweat bees. They're called th- three live he was looking at her eye and he thought he saw insect legs under her he looks further there's three in her eye and and they're um and they're alive uh, uh. anyway everybody agrees No one has ever heard of bees infesting a person uh, like this, getting caught in part of a person's body and being alive. Um, And and, and here's what they think. Believe me, the sweat bees weren't happy about it either. Uh, they, They probably inadvertently somehow got stuck between her eyelid and her eye. Oh, that brings me to something I heard. Wait, I'm gonna uh, digress and divulge a thought that has flipped me out ever since I first heard this. And I keep meaning to say it to somebody. I haven't said it to anyone in my non-broadcast life, but I'm about to finally say it and I'm hoping people like don't start laughing at me like this is, again, me believing something that isn't true, but I think it must be true. Our eyes... <laughs> it just freaks me out. When we close our eyes... Close your eyes. Okay, the lid, you cannot see. The lid is down. But our eyes... Never stop seeing. So when you close your eyes, that explains a whole lot of stuff. Because sometimes when you close your eyes, you see kind of stuff, right? I always thought that I would close my eyes, my eyes are resting. They're not resting. They can't rest. Someone just pulled a screen on them, that's all. They just, uh, you know, they closed the drape. But the eye is still there. It's just looking at the backside of the drape. Somehow this has so freaked me out (laughs) that our eyes never, I always, I mean, you know, people say, oh, I'm resting my eyes. No, you're not. I, I guess. I don't know. This has freaked me out, just telling you. So anyway, this woman, uh, they said the, uh, the bees, by the way, sweat bees are pretty small, but they're bees. And they got stingers, um, although their sting is not known to be particularly awful. Uh, and the doctors in this case really felt sorry for the bees. Um, here's the doctor. I'm sure the sweat bees got by the eye and, and then just ended up squished between the eye and eyelid. They were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Now, here's the funny thing. The doctor extracted one bee, and then he sees, oh, my God, there's another bee in the, the other another bee, and he's very careful about it. So these bees survived this ordeal in the woman's eye, and she survived And everybody's alive and well, and the bees now are being um, taken care of. They want to, you know, study them more. Well, if they were just a bunch of three hapless sweat bees in the wrong place at the wrong time, why not just set them free? What's there to study? You can go get sweat bees anywhere. Why get the ones that were stuck in her eye? Feel sorry for the poor bees. So anyway, wrong place, wrong time, but they ain't dead just saying they say um the an entomologist said most unusual thing i've heard it's a freak occurrence <laughs> uh well anyway i'm just glad but ooh, there is a picture which i cannot share with you and it is of her eye with these 3 bees There was that. Uh, So these are the kind of stories I have um, for you today. Uh, Police going after vacuum cleaners and uh, bees in uh, a woman's eye. Gigi writes, thanks for the Roomba story. I can identify because my Roomba has been starting on its own for some reason. You know what? My dishwasher has been starting on its own. I feel you know, it's like almost poltergeisty. It's like what? Um Yeah, scaring the heck out of me and my dogs. Yes I agree. What is that about? Uh Lou says the Roomba story reminds her of a story I told about one of my neighbors in Point Breeze who that's <laughs> right. Who heard a loud crash upstairs on the second floor of his house and ran up there? And it was, it was a wild turkey had cra- had come through the window or something and was desperately trying to get out of the um, of the guy's uh, bathroom. Speaking of that, did you see the cops chasing a turkey downtown the other day? Somehow there was a wild turkey downtown and the cops were chasing it all over the place. And and I think not successfully. That turkey was making a real real fools out of them. I mean, it's hard to maintain one's dignity while, you know, being bested by um a turkey in a on a downtown, uh, at a downtown intersection. I mean, that's just that's not a place anybody wants to be. I don't think I I didn't note it. This happened over the weekend, and and the obit was all over the place. So it's likely you guys already know it too. But I just want to pause to remember uh, Dan Robbins, who died at the age of 93 uh, in Ohio. Um, he was the guy who um, created the, those paint by number kits that were the, all the rage in the in the 50s. And I had, I had one. I thought it was the neatest thing in the world. You could just, I mean, I, and, you know, now th- there's a lot of people who have coloring books, same kind of sort of thing. There's something very, um, I don't know, it, for a lot of people, it's a good stress reducer. But in 1950s America, I mean, people would get these things and, and finish the picture up and... Um, and then feel like they had a work of art. And so they would hang them in their home. And all of that drove real artists and art critics crazy. They went crazy laughing at Americans, thinking this was art, or thinking that somehow any of this had anything whatsoever to do with art. But the funny thing is, it kind of did, because Dan Robbins has always always maintained that he really got the idea from Leonardo da Vinci, um, who apparently numbered put numbers in on objects or parts of his paintings. Usually in the backgrounds, and had his many apprentices. Uh, paint those designated areas with the corresponding paints. The numbers that the numbers denoted. So, I'm just saying that's what he said, and I'm I'm going with that. So, um, anyway says here it was bigger than hula hoops, bigger than TV dinners. I don't know about that. A paint-by-numbers, more than one paint-by-numbers works were hung in the White House when Eisenhower was in there. Andy Warhol did a painting, uh, a riff on on it. Um, It was huge. I loved him. Uh, and, you know, Robbins always said, hey, look, I never claimed that, that painting by numbers is art. But it is the experience of art in that it allowed an individual who would normally never pick up a paintbrush to do so. To dip it in paint, and then to over time create well something, yes. So I think it's wonderful. Uh. They ended up hiring this this guy who who did it. Dan Robbins um did most of the first uh, you know paintings. He he did. He did the original painting and then figured out how, to, you know, how to number it. And uh, it, when it got so successful, they um, had to hire a bunch of other illustrators. Essentially, we won't call them artists; illustrators. And um, the bestseller was created by um, a guy who had survived the Holocaust. A guy named, this couldn't have been his real name, Adam Grant. No way did Adam, a guy named Adam Grant survive the Holocaust. He had to survive it as somebody else and changed his name. I refuse to believe. It just doesn't make sense. He survived, he gets to America, he changes his name to Adam Grant. Anyway, he did the bestseller, uh, Paint by Numbers painting, which was a Leonardo, uh, it was a takeoff on Leonardo da Vinci's uh, famous work, The Last Supper. All right, I just wanted to get that in. Uh, oh, caller, I'm sorry, God. I. When you ended up, and callers, when you end up hanging there, it's not that, I, I've usually been informed that there's a caller on the line, and then if I'm talking about something, I absolutely forget about it. I'm sorry. Caller. Hello. How are you doing? I'm okay. Hey, um, I don't know if you read this last week. I consider it good news. <clears throat> a Well-known poacher in Africa or one of those places. Yes. After numbers of killings he did, he finally got stomped and eaten by the lions or something like that. No, I think, I think it was, was an elephant. Movie. An elephant took him out. And then, lions, oh, really? and then lions came and disposed of the body. Yeah, so I'm hoping that happens to Trump.
1: Yeah, well, like it's that. a
0: perfect end. A perfect end for yes. anyone. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate okay, it. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Yeah, we all were happy to see that. Um, Oh, and Gigi came back and said, I should have included in my last email the one about uh, the Roomba that keeps starting up in her house. Shortly after getting married, my husband and I woke up to odd sawing sounds coming from our kitchen. My husband was convinced someone was trying to saw their way into the house, which made no sense to me. I'm with you which made no sense to me but i couldn't explain the sounds and what he he found a baseball bat and crept his way to the kitchen ready to strike and what he was confronted with was the timer on the bread machine um on a timer bread machine that we had received as a wedding gift, and it it was kneading flour for some great fresh bread. We are still laughing over him creeping around with a baseball bat ready to attack a bread machine. But wait a minute, so you didn't. Why would it sound like song? Oh, it was kneading, I guess. But you mean you put. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have follow up questions. Follow up questions. So before you went to bed, you put all the yeah the stuff you're supposed to put in the bread machine and, um, and then went to bed, and then it started up while you were sleeping? I don't know. But that's funny. Yeah. I bet he felt... I, was he embarrassed? I mean, I hope. I mean, th- these kinds of things. Oh, I mean, I have a story like that, too, actually. I was probably... 12, 13, I'm in my house with my grandmother and we're in the, a family room looking over the backyard and my grandmother screams, get down, get down, there's someone in crawling in the... Bu- And I remember we, I mean, she hit the ground, I hit the ground. She saw somebody, like, doing, you know, one of those, you know, army um, on their elbows crawling through our um, backyard in the bushes. And uh, I'm going to blank on his name. I, I can't even remember. I think finally I looked up, peeked, and it was... Wally somebody I'm forgetting his name Wally somebody he was an idiot nerdy kid in the neighborhood who was you know who knows he was playing a uh, you know soldier or something um, but uh, these things uh, do happen and there was another one where my mother and father were awakened from their deep sleep and my mother said to my father Norman there's there's somebody in the yard. Can't you hear him? There's somebody in the yard. Call the police. And I think my dad got up. He's, he wasn't exactly the, you know, grab a baseball bat type. I think he got up and peeked out the window, and he said to my mother, it is the police. <laughs> so they, there were cops swarming all over our yard. We live... Duh. and the house is still where my mom is. Um uh, less than a mile just down the road from the, what is called the Green Bay Reformatory. It's actually a state prison. In fact, it was a state prison where if you watch that uh that was it a Netflix uh series, um Making a Murder or um that that poor kid is still sitting in there anyway it was somebody had escaped and uh, that's why yeah Gigi says yeah they did all that before and she says do you remember the bread machines no because I've never even had an inclination to make bread I, I I do yeah I mean I remember that there were machines and still are but I mean it was a thing huh you would put all the ingredients in the machine, set a timer, and then the machine would make the bread, and you'd have fresh bread in the morning. But when the machine did the kneading, it it sounded like someone using a saw. Okay, that explains it all then, Gigi. I got it. Um You know what I'm finding? A lot of you are s- quite a bit younger than me. Um, yesterday I had the opportunity to uh, finally have a moment where I sat down and read, um, a slim little volume that was, uh, created by one of you and sent to me. And, um,. Trying to remember the title. It was a sort of a play on words. It's written by uh, a, a woman who has emailed me in the past, and you know who I I, I can tell is a delightful person. And since reading her essays, this uh, essay she sent me, um, it, they're delightful, just delightful. And uh, but yeah. If she's she's easily twenty, I mean she said something like in nineteen sixty eight when I was two and I thought two you were two in nineteen sixty eight. I mean, I don't know why. In my head I think of all of you as my contemporaries and you're not. I mean some of you are, but man, jeez, I am one old fart. So anyway, Mary, if you're listening, delightful. I laughed, I got a little teary on occasion. Um, Beautifully done, and and funny as hell. Um, Really good, so thank you. And Gigi writes again, last email, really, really? No, my husband was not embarrassed. We were too busy laughing hysterically. Well, it's like the cops in Portland. Beaverton, to be specific. I said a suburb is Beaverton, a suburb of. Um, You know I'm a Jeopardy freak, right? Any other Jeopardy freaks out there? Did you see last night's show? It was historic. This guy... For those of you who don't watch Jeopardy, I am really sorry, but this is historic. Even Alex Trebek said, mentioned, "Are we looking at the next Ken Jennings?" This guy, um, who, by the way, you know what he was—you know what he does for a living? He's a professional gambler. That's what he does. He makes a living as a professional gambler. Um, His name is James Holzhauer. He's 34 years old and smart as a whip. He's from Naperville, Illinois. I had a roommate at Northwestern from Naperville, Illinois. Um, He when they went into final jeopardy he had chalked up something like 70 some thousand dollars i've never seen a number like that just gotten from the regular gameplay and then when they go to final jeopardy i figure there's no way he's going to bet a lot just pocket the 77 and he bet a ton of money and got the right a- i got the right answer too by the way it was an easy question and it was a physics question there was no when I saw the topic is physics I thought oh forget that but then the the clue was um oh I thought I had it here the clue was one of those clues that you you just figure it out I I mean I I got it right it was what is a turn of phrase I'm going to give it to you. Uh, What is a turn of phrase? Oh, the clue is ironically, a metaphor meaning a huge step forward. But this two word process only occurs on a subatomic scale. That was the clue. Something, two words that mean a huge step forward, but it happens on a subatomic scale. And I thought, all I I don't know from subatomic, but I do know what's a two-word phrase for um, um, a huge step forward, and it would have to be a physics kind of a thing. Well, come on, you got it, right? Quantum leap. I didn't know that quantum leap actually happens on a subatomic scale, but he had bet $38,314, which is an odd thing to bet, and he got it. And he ended the game with the highest, by shattered, just shattered the record for the most any contestant in the history of this long running game um, had ever had. He ended with a total of $110,914 for a single game. Which added to his winnings from the last two wins or three, put him at close to a quarter of a million dollars. Which is on, he's on pace to like just blow every record away. Now, granted, you can, but here's the weird thing. So why would he bet a hundred ten thousand? I mean, why, why did he bet these weird numbers? You know, people mostly would bet like I'll bet thirty thousand or I'll bet two thousand. And he's such a math. He does math so easily in his head. He bet on Final Jeopardy what he bet, the 30, the weird number, 38,314 was his bet. He did that so that, I'm sure he didn't think for a minute he was going to lose, that if he had the correct answer and if he won, he would end up with that number, 110,914. And here's the weird thing. <coughs> he wanted to arrive at that number, 110914, because that is the birth date of his daughter. November 9th, 2014. 110914. Wow. And um so I'm just telling you I and he's a he says that when he bets, I, I the, the reason he's able to make a living betting is he he's willing to take a big risk, but he also is confident about his understanding the numbers. Uh Okay, I'll give you some uh, here are some of the answers he got. I got, no, I didn't get either of these. Okay, here's one, see if you're as smart as he. In 1904, Oklahoma City policeman Joe Burnett killed Ed O'Kelly. Ed O'Kelly, who had killed Robert Ford, who had killed this outlaw. Hello? So he had to know in 1904, Oklahoma City, a cop killed Ed O'Kelly, who had killed Robert Ford, who had killed who? Now maybe he just takes a stab. You know, Oklahoma City, 1904, blah, 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 blah. That's how you, and you don't, you don't always have to really know. But he got it right. Who is Jesse James? That was the right answer. And here's one I didn't know. Here's another one. In Andalusia... No, in Andalusia Arabic calligraphy calligraphy represents this style named for medieval visitors from Africa. What? I mean I said whoa? Well, he didn't even blink. What is Moorish? He said. Oh God. So anyway, uh, amazing. amazing. <laughs> and here's what I don't understand. Um okay. So Jeopardy, so I'm looking at Alex Trebek now, who seems to be ha- really on his, top of his his game as well. Very energized, very tuned in. And we know he has stage 4 pancreatic cancer. And Man, he looks good, um, and and, as I said, energized. And here's what I don't understand. When, how far ahead are these things done? Um, they can't be I it can't be live. And I know this because the New York Times now prints the final jeopardy question next to the New York Times crossword puzzle. So I already know I saw it today in the New York Times. I already know what the uh the the, the final um the final question is. Um So they can't do that obviously. I just don't get it because sometimes it seems so timely. I mean, he will say things about, you know, it's Easter or this or that. So I'm just wondering, is there just a day delay? I don't know. Um. Okay. Oh. I'm being told by my fellow Turner Classic movie buff that there's a whole category dedicated to Turner Classic Movies on Jeopardy! this Thursday. That's tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, it's just mind-blowing. I know. I don't want to talk about anything important. I want to note a few things that the mayor of Pittsburgh yesterday signed into law uh, a number of bills that would, among other things, uh, prohibit assault weapons like AR-15s in Pittsburgh. It would also ban uh, armor (laughs) armor pissing. whatever, piercing, I believe, Uh, armor-piercing ammunition and high-capacity magazines and uh, also allows for the temporary seizure of guns from people who are uh, determined to be a danger. Um, uh, Obviously, no sooner had the mayor signed these than the city was slapped with two uh, lawsuits, Um, one from a coalition of gun rights nuts And it called the the laws patently unenforceable, unconstitutional, and illegal. And then a second lawsuit, this one backed by the NRA, uh, said uh, this, Pittsburgh has violated the rights of its citizens. I mean, the reality is it is in defiance of Pennsylvania law because at the behest of the NRA, the cowards and creeps in uh, Harrisburg uh, had long ago passed legislation prohibiting any municipality in the state from uh, passing its own gun regulation measures. So I don't know. This is heading who knows where. But, you know, you got to keep on keeping on. I understand that Daryl Metcalf, the most loathsome uh, state representative of all, Um, has called for the impeachment of uh, the mayor of Pittsburgh, uh, Bill Peduto. Um, The funny thing about that is if he were to be impeached, the president of city council would become the mayor. The president of city council is an openly gay man, Bruce Krause, and if there's one thing Metcalf hates more than anything else, it's gays. So here we have Metcalf trying to knock off Pedudo. So what? Did he think this through? So that Bruce Krause, a gay guy? Can be the mayor? <laughs> God almighty. Oh what else we got? Um You know, I've been Listen to this. Speaking of despicable state legislators, um, a bill um, that has been uh, put into the hopper in the great state of Texas um, says that it would essentially criminalize um, abortion, criminalize it without exception. Uh, and it would allow for the conviction of any woman who has an abortion, uh, she could be convicted of homicide, which in uh, Texas can carry the death penalty. So there is actually a bill now uh, in Texas that would... uh,
1: I mean obviously it
0: is unconstitutional but it's the brainchild of an idiot named Tinderholt of course a good republican um and uh he's an air force veteran and he's personally been married five times I always like these you know these men who clearly cannot uh you know don't aren't responsible about their own private lives, deciding to uh, get involved in the private lives of every woman on the planet. He must really love women. He's been married five times. And here's what he says. We need this bill because we need to make women more personally responsible. And they had a hearing, and almost everyone who spoke was like were like lunatics, crazy people. Here's one of one of the people who spoke, Sonia Ganella. God's word says he who sheds man's blood by man, his blood, his blood will be shed. And she went on to ask lawmakers, you repent. With us, I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, she said <sighs> Oh God, she probably just come from seeing unplanned the movie I told you about um. Okay, I think I got all my stuff in here. Oh, I never heard of this unbelievable, awful human being, Candace Owen. This is a young black woman who is to the right of Adolf Hitler. I mean, did you see her? She was invited by Republicans to appear before a judiciary committee hearing yesterday that was looking at the rise of white nationalism and this the republicans got this they love trotting out black women so this black woman comes out and flat out says <laughs> i i mean i can't even here uh, just know this about her the guy who did the killings that massacre in new zealand in the mosques he referenced her he called her and people say maybe he was being a little jocular since he's a racist that But he called her the person who has influenced me above all. So the killer in New Zealand knew who Candace Owens was. I didn't know. I'm sure he was thinking it's funny that I would say this about a black person. But he knew she was on his radar. And she responded to that information. Not with horror that she had been called by name by this guy who just killed 50 people. She tweeted, Ha ha, and LOL. That's how vile this person is. She also said, and Congressman Ted Lieu played the audio of her saying this: "If Hitler had just wanted to make Ger- Hitler just wanted to make Germany great and have things run well, okay, fine. The problem is, is that he wanted, he had dreams outside of Germany. He wanted to globalize. So, she is such a white nationalist herself, even though she's black." <laughs> That she was saying, if you understand how they think, that Hitler, by wanting to globalize, was like a globalist, not a fascist. He was a globalist, which makes him, globalist is the synonym for Jew. She's 29 years old. She has claimed that bombs that were sent to prominent Democrats by a Trump supporter had actually come from leftists. She had wondered whether something biochemically happens to women who do not marry or have children. This is who the Republicans invited to a hearing (laughs) on white nationalism. You can't make this up. So I'll go back to what I said about the poor folks in Israel who did not vote for Bibi Netanyahu, half the country. And I will end with that same eternal cry for us too. Oi. Oi. Meanwhile, you have a nice day. I'll see you tomorrow. Oi. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.